Hello, I'm Hilary Walker from Oxford Bible Church. It's so nice to be with you again. I really wanted to share with you the compassion of our Lord Jesus Christ. When I look back on my life and I consider all the wonderful things he's done for me and how I just totally did not deserve it. But let's look at um, Psalm 145 verses 8 and 9. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all the works of his hand. You see, the love of God is the main attribute of God. We learn about his power, um, and he's not so much about his power, but his love. And uh, other translations of Psalm 149, verse 8 to 9 are, The Lord is merciful and compassionate slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. Verse 9, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers compassion on all his creation. And you know, compassion, do we really understand what compassion means in this day and age? And it means to love tenderly, to pity. It doesn't mean like pity, look down your nose at them. It means pity, your heart just goes out to them. You want to, as it were, lift them up and take them to a place of safety and a place of healing. And so it also means to show mercy. Mercy is like um, blessing somebody who absolutely does not deserve it, which was totally my case, and to be full of eager yearning to bless. You see, as I said, God is not so much anything as he is love. The Bible doesn't say that God is power. The Bible very distinctly says God is love. Love is God. God is love. And that's the most faith-building statement that we could possibly take into our hearts and believe for us personally. Because when we know and we comprehend how much God loves us, how he eagerly yearns to bless us, to heal us, to prosper us, uh, to lift us up, to, to comfort us, then our faith is there to believe that God is who he says he is and God will do what he says he will do. And so I think it's really good that we really understand and comprehend that actually God yearns. He yearns to bless us. He yearns to do us good. He's not up there judging us over the banister of, parad of paradise saying, hmm, they've missed it again. His heart is for us, those of us who've received his, his son, our Lord Jesus Christ, as their Lord and Savior. We are his children and God loves and adores his children. He even says that his name, your name, my name, it actually is engraved in the palm of his hand. My mum used to have a picture of my brother and she would often take it out and show it to her friends and say, look, this is my son Gordon and she's very proud of him. Um, and this is what God is like with us. He loves his kids. He loves everybody and his heart is full of compassion and he doesn't desire one person to die and go to hell. That is not his will. His yearning and his compassion is to save everybody, that everybody should realize that Jesus Christ is the only one that can save them. And so when we know how much God loves us, this gives us mountain-moving faith for anything that we require in our lives. And the enemy, but we have an enemy, as you know, um, and he's the enemy of our souls. And he has insidiously tried to um, 
eradicate uh, God's love in that, yes, he understands God's power and there's nothing that he can do to, um, you know, to smoke it out. But in fact, he, he gives people the impression that God is not full of yearning, compassion and love to do and to bless us. So often um, the world thinks of, of God as being a withholder, when in fact God is a giver. He's a, a giver and a forgiver. And so, as I said, the devil has worked insidiously to hide this glorious truth of God's extravagant, unchanging love, which is to usward, to youward, to meward, to usward. And the devil has tried to block our understanding of the compassionate heart of our wonderful Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father yearns to bless us. He yearns to heal us and set us free. When we're sick, we think that God has forgotten us and he's gone on a journey. But his compassionate heart is yearning, yearning to heal us. And he needs our cooperation. But I'll talk about that later on. You see, Jesus who is the express image of God. Jesus said that he says nothing and does nothing without he first hears his father say it and see his father do it. And Jesus showed thereby the compassionate heart of God. Everywhere Jesus went, he healed everybody who came to him with faith, believing that he would heal them and bless them and set them free. That demonic man that people I'm sure were absolutely terrified who would go around screaming and yelling and and cutting himself um, amongst the tombs that poor demented man Jesus walked there and he saw Jesus from afar and he ran to him and Jesus commanded the devil to come out of him and I mean this is a shortened part of the story and the man was completely healed and he people came from the city and they were amazed. They saw this man who they feared and rejected and probably loathed sitting clean and dressed at the feet of Jesus, loving Jesus. And his testimony in that area, the next time Jesus came, people were flooding, flooding to him to be healed. Everywhere they saw Jesus healing and they saw the love of God They've, they've literally, they followed him for miles and miles and miles. They walked for miles and they just flooded him, trying to touch him, trying to get near him. And so Jesus unveiled for us the compassionate heart of his father, the God who loves his creatures, his people. Um, and the same Bible magnifies his power, but his willingness to use this enormous power for our benefit. I love the story, the, the testimony, um, the true story of this man who's full of leprosy. One cannot imagine in this day and age how awful it is for somebody who's full of leprosy. Bit by bit, parts of their body just, just literally fall off. It, it dies, it rots and falls off. And so this dear man, full of leprosy, saw Jesus and he ran to him and fell upon his face. And he said, if you are willing, I know that you can heal me and make me whole. And Jesus said, I am willing. And he touched him and said, be healed. You see, he believed that Jesus could make him. Well, he'd heard all these wonderful stories, 
but he wasn't sure that Jesus really wanted to heal him. The best translation I've heard of willing is, if you really want to heal me, you can. And Jesus said, yes, I really want to heal you, and healed him. As I said, you know, willing doesn't, in, in modern English, doesn't really begin to describe the intensity of God's willingness. Somehow for me, willing is, yeah, I'm willing to do it. I don't really want to, but I'll do it. But it's not like that at all. Um, in Micah chapter 7, verse 18, it tells us that God delighteth in mercy. And 2 Chronicles 16, 9, look at this. Um, the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect towards him. That word perfect doesn't mean without sin. It means whose heart is holy for him. We can long for God and love him. We still make mistakes. We still mess up. And he loves us and forgives us and cleanses us with the shed blood of Jesus. But if our heart is willing for him, and it shows that God is not only willing, but he's, he's so eager to pour his blessing upon us in humongous profusion, profusion upon all who would make it possible for him to do so. You see, there's God's part and our part. God's part, he's done it all. He's made a way for us to be able to receive all his love and forgiveness and healing. But our part is to believe it and receive it and to see it, and to really to confess it. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro. In other words, another way I've heard it says, God is ever hunting for opportunities to gratify his loving heart because he delights in mercy. God is infinitely good. He, God exists forever, I wish we did. God exists forever in a state entirely consecrated to pouring out his mercy and his love and his blessings. You see, when, of course, whenever we make that possible for him. Um, I think a good illustration that someone gave, just imagine the Pacific Ocean. I mean, it's huge. I can't imagine how much water is there. And just imagine it was elevated above the ceiling above you. Now imagine the huge pressure going into every crevice that it possibly can to find an outlet for this power of this water. Um, and it tries to, to find an outlet to pour it through so that it can pour its tides out all over the earth. Now you've got a picture of God's love for you. God paid a huge price to redeem us from Satan's grip. And only God could possibly have paid the price to pay for our sins, our iniquities, our stubbornness, our rebellion against God. Only Jesus, only Jesus who is God could possibly have paid the price for us. And as Jesus paid the price for us, he proved without a doubt, we should not doubt, this is how much God loves you. He's proved his love for you. He's proved his love for me. And that is a very real thing in my life because um, I was brought up in a nominal Christian home and we would nod to God once a week. 
and my father would make sure and he'd look at his watch that actually the sermon wasn't too long because after all the Sunday lunch was in the oven and we all needed to get home and so we had a, a respect towards God and God is good and the Lord Jesus Christ and we loved him too but we had never given our hearts to him we had never made him our Savior and our Lord and so when I um, well, I say I left home, I, I didn't leave home, but I went to work in London as a medical secretary. And I, I mean, I loved it there. And as I, I grew further away from my family, I uh, went into esoteric studies um, and into spiritism and all the isms that one shouldn't get into, but seemed really more exciting than a church service. And I hate to say it, uh, and maybe it was just the church that I was in at the time uh, with my parents, but the people were more friendly. Oh my goodness me, they welcomed you like long lost friends. Uh, they were very, very loving. And I really got caught up in this. And surprise, surprise, I became very ill. And I became very ill very suddenly. And I know the reason why, because I had gotten to a point where I was studying New Age that um, Jesus wasn't the Son of God, um, he wasn't God at all, and that all of us, through, um, as it were, evolution of our spirits, coming back again and again and again, that we would attain to exactly what Jesus did, and we could do what Jesus did. What a lie! And I believed it. I put my Bible away and I was reading all these esoteric things, and I got sick, very, very sick, and very, very suddenly. Uh, and I woke up one morning with pain, pain in my shoulders, pain in my elbows. And that pain didn't get better. It got worse and worse and worse every single day. And it was in every single joint of my body. And it was excruciating pain. Um, and I was taking painkillers. We're only supposed to take them every four hours. But honestly, after two hours, I was sitting and I was watching the clock to see when I could take my next painkiller. And I really wanted to die. Um, I was young and I wanted to die. But fortunately, God had put in me a tremendous fear of death for which I'm extremely, extremely grateful because I used to line up all the painkillers and all the drugs that I had and thought, well, if I, if I take them all at once, then I can end this misery but do you know, I had never received Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I would not have gone up to heaven. I would have gone down to hell, where I would have to pay for my sins forever and ever and ever and ever without end. But God, but God in his mercy, he let me come to the end of myself. And that was the greatest and most wonderful thing he could do for me when I actually cried out, oh God, help me. And he helped me in an extraordinary way. I was seeing my doctor three times a week and that poor doctor, I mean the third time that week, <laughs> um, I noticed him pop his head around the door of the waiting room. I was there with my darling mummy who was so devoted and so kind to me. Um, and uh, he popped his head around the corner and disappeared. Well, anyway, about 30 minutes later, we thought it's very quiet around here and there are no other patients sitting in here. 
and I went out to, to see the receptionist and she said, oh, we went home 15 minutes ago. And I thought, oh, dreadful, he's gone and left me. And I thought, well, I'll go to the health food store. Maybe there's something there that I can get. Well, God wasn't leading me to the health food store, but coming out of there, I bumped into a lady called Jeannie Price. She's with Jesus right now, praise God, she's so happy. Um, and she was wonderful. She asked me, you know, where I was working. And that was the question that just brought out all the sob in me. And I said, Jeannie, I am so ill. I'm in so much pain. I can't lift my arms up properly. I have to, to put my hands in the pocket of this coat because this coat is too heavy for me. I can't feed myself. My parents have to cut my food up and I can just about get the food in my mouth. I can't hold a cup of tea. I can't answer the phone because it's all too heavy and I'm in pain day and night. And the nighttime is worse because everybody else is asleep. And I had, sometimes I would get up and just walk up and down. I just didn't know what to do with myself. Uh, and I just cried and cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And this lady said, you know, I had cervical spondylosis, which I think is something to do in the neck. Anyway, she said, God healed me and he'll heal you too. And you know how we English, we smile sweetly. And I thought, yeah, and cows can fly. Anyway, she said, there's a man called Fred Smith and he has a very strong healing anointing and um, he's going to have an outreach soon. I will come and get you and take you. Would you like to come? So I said, yes, thinking, well, it would never happen anyway. And I totally, totally forgot it and all my misery. Um, and anyway, so there comes a knock at the door after, you know, weeks and weeks. And this is Jeannie. She's going to take me to the, the town hall. Um, and I said, no, I don't want to go. Absolutely, go away. I don't want to go. Uh, so she, she very politely goes away. And then she comes back the second night. And I had taken an overdose. I'm not sure if it was on purpose, but do you know you can keep taking painkillers that actually you lose track of how many you've taken. And I, I can only say that her voice sounded as though it was miles away. And I felt very, very floaty. And for a while I was out of pain, but it was almost like an out of body experience. It was extremely weird. And I heard her voice as though she was miles away. And my papa came into the room where I was, this, this little sitting room of ours. Um, and I said, because she'd said that she would get, um, get an ambulance and take me to, uh, to the town hall. And I said, get that crazy woman out of here. I can't bear to speak her. Just get rid of her, please, Daddy. You know, save me, Daddy, save me. And he did, because he wanted to protect his little girl from this nut that was at the front door. I say nut, um, because I'm one of those now, anyway. And so she left sweetly. And I believe she went back to the, the, her, the whole group of Christians who were um, supporting this uh, outreach of, of Fred Smith. And they prayed and prayed and prayed for me. And they prayed that my, God would take my father out of the way because he was like my guard dog. Nobody could get past him. And so uh, she came back the third night. I mean, that's persistence. Oh, don't give up. Please, forgive me, these keep clanging. Please don't give up. Um, she came the third night. 
and my mummy opened the front door and my mama was about five foot nothing and she was much smaller than Jeannie Price and Jeannie just marched straight past her, walked into the room that I was in and she said, you are coming with me. And like a lamb, I, I couldn't believe it. I said, oh yes. And, and I went with her. And it was pouring with rain, it was cold. We had to walk all the way from the car park in St. Giles, um, all the way to the town hall. And when we got there, I could not believe it. There were all these steps. Uh, I thought, I can't, I can't walk up those steps. So I needed Jeannie on one side, my tiny mother on the other side, to sort of launch me up each step of the way. And when we got into the room, I saw the, the keyboard and it had smile, Jesus loves you. I was enraged, absolutely enraged. But by that time, Jeannie had sat me down and she sat on the outside and my mother sat the other side and I wanted to leave. I just wanted to get out of there. Um, but Jeannie was plumpicious and I was too weak to climb over her and she wasn't going about to, to make room for me to leave. So I had to stay. And I thought, oh gosh, this is, this is going to be hell on earth. But it wasn't actually, it was heaven on earth. Because um, Fred Smith started preaching and he spoke against spiritism. And do you know, I understand that he'd never, ever, ever preached about that before in the whole of his ministry. And I heard most of his teachings afterwards and he never, ever, ever did it afterwards. It was just that one occasion when I happened to be present. And I thought, these are my friends. How dare he? And I heard a voice in my head. I've never heard a voice in my head before as clear as crystal that said, loads of load of cods wallop. Don't listen to a word, he says. And I switched off. I want to show you the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is so amazing and he dwells within us when we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And um, I thank God for the Holy Spirit because he kept me sitting there and I wasn't listening. And when Fred said, uh, gave the opportunity for us people to go forward and receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I had this overwhelming conviction that if I did not go forward, I would die. And it's only recently that I realized what it was. My heart was so hardened against God Yes, I'd heard the gospel, but I'd hardened my heart so much against the Lord that if I had not taken that opportunity, then I was beyond help. Because sometimes we can harden our heart and there's nothing, nothing God can do to rescue us. So I went up embarrassed, hoping that nobody who knew me was there to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Wow. This is the grace and the mercy of God, the grace of God longing to pour out his mercy and compassion on a wretch like me who is standing there thinking, I hope nobody can see me now, I'm so embarrassed. And he's rescued me, he saved me, he came into my heart, I was changed completely. And I went back and sat down in my seat next to my mum and as I sat down, Right in front of my eyes, I saw a picture of a lady and I knew exactly who she was and underneath it said um, Elizabeth Wharton and the impression that I was given, she prayed you into the kingdom of heaven. 
Elizabeth Wharton I met her when I was um, a purserette at sea uh, and I was the only one of the female officers that would speak to her and she was very sweet and everything and she asked for my birthday date and from South Africa she sent me a birthday card every day of her life till she died and I thought oh yes that's nice fancy that never thought another thing of her but 12 years after she died after I met her I'm so sorry I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior and God said she's the one that prayed you into the kingdom of heaven I had totally forgotten this lady if you're praying for someone to be saved pray for them till you take your last breath please because God is working in their lives and he will say them God is absolutely faithful God will do what God says he will do I want us to go back to our first scripture which is Psalm 145 8 and 9 the Lord is gracious and full of compassion slow to anger and of great mercy the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works God is gracious it means he's disposed to show favor he longs to show favor like he did me and God wants to show favor upon you he wants to heal you he wants to set you free from anything and everything that is troubling you and just to prove to you uh, God's goodness and mercy that was poured out on me I want to tell you what happened when I went back to my seat after seeing that picture of Elizabeth Wharton uh, afterwards we were asked to to go back again those of us who needed healing and um, the lady in front of me when she was prayed for she went down under the power of the Lord and I thought no they're not for me and Fred Smith um, asked me what was the matter and I said I got rheumatoid arthritis and he laid his hand on my head and he said in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth I command the spirit of arthritis to leave and I've never experienced anything like this in my life it was like the top of my head began to open up but it wasn't frightening and it wasn't painful and this power went surging straight through the top of my head I said surging sorry it sort of oozed down and warmth and power and as it went slowly through my body right to the tips of my my toes and I remember floating backwards it just pushed all the pain out and it was absolutely wonderful and I lay on the ground someone was behind me to catch me as I lay on the ground I could feel power just running up and down the whole of my body and my heart was pounding but not frightening me so it was simply amazing it was like having a new heart um, and Fred came to me after a little while and helped me to my feet and said now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth raise your arms and I thought I can't do that but I thought best try and my arms were light they've been so heavy and I had complete freedom complete mo mobility and I still do to this very day and that's what God did for me I did not deserve it he sought me out his love was overflowing and he blessed me and blessed me and blessed me and I just want the same for you. Thank you for watching. You can watch more of our teachings on our Oxford Bible Church Roku channel and Derek Walker YouTube channel. You're most welcome to join us at our church services which are every Sunday at 11am and 6pm at Cheney School, Headington, Oxford, OX3 7QH. You can order CDs, DVDs, books and other great products from our online shop at www.oxfordbiblechurch.co.uk or by calling 01865 515 086.